Episode 9. Here we come. Welcome to the TFW Podcast. That's freaking wrestling. I am your host, Matt. You guys know by now who is joining me to the left and to my right. Well, they could be all to my right. I don't know how the video is looking right now. But we got Ishan and Rhodesia. Rhodesia is a little under the weather, so uh, hopefully she can power and plow through this episode here. Lady and gentlemen, what is going on? How are you guys doing? We got a lot of talk about. What's going on, guys? Lots. Lots to talk about. Let's get to it. I got it. <laughs> uh, I got some uh, passionate pieces and points on this episode. So sit down, relax, get you a drink, get you something to eat. Enjoy the TFW podcast. All right. Let's get right into it. Let's start with, uh, let's actually start kind of maybe at the beginning of the week. If you want to look at last Saturday, we did have War Games, Survivor Series. thought it was a really good show. Uh, capped off by an incredible addition to the Bloodline storyline. And uh, we saw Sammy showing his allegiance, of course, uh, to the bloodline and turning on his best friend, Kevin Owens, in that main event. Uh, I think that was probably the biggest thing to take away from that show was just that storyline piece. We got some things, of course, we'll talk about here in a little bit that came out of that show, and particularly the Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns piece on that. So we'll talk about that a little bit if you don't know what we're talking about. But overall, what would you guys think about the main event of war games, you know, five on five, you guys have both seen every single war games in NXT. Ishan, you may have seen some of them, of course, uh, back in WCW. Ready? I know you're not too familiar with those, but what'd you guys think of the main event? And how'd you guys think it's stacked up with the NXT ones and maybe even going back to, to the WCW ones? Like, like you mentioned, I'm not familiar with the original war games, war games, excuse me i'm trying here um from wcw but from nxt the war games again nxt just had it all locked the black and yellow brand to me it was it but this war games on wwe besides kind of the one match that we'll talk about later too um, i thought all of the matches was great i think the two war games the women's and the men's the ladies and the guys was amazing I know we'll talk more about kind of the the finish with Sammy and KO and that story that they're telling there. But I was really excited about, one, the female war games. I was trying to write notes throughout the whole match, but couldn't. I was plugged. My eyes was glued to the TV. So I was so excited to see the women's match. Were you only excited, but were you also just excited because your pick of the lady team won? Or were you excited because the actual match The ladies won? The ladies. Well, now remember, since when it started, I didn't know if the ladies won yet. So to me, I was just excited from the moment. I'm like, wow, Becky comes out. Um, She gets her pomp and circumstances. The crowd went hot. And then Bianca was like, nope, mm -mm, I'm going to start the war games. I'm I'm the leader. I'm going to go out there and show out. So the ladies who won. Um, I was so super excited about watching that match. It was it was a wonderful match. I think it stood up by comparison to the NXT War Games for me before. Um, but the men's War Games, I see why they were at the end. That story that they told was just so phenomenal. I just saw Ishan's word, but it was so phenomenal. What you thinking, E? Sean, Ishan. Hey, you got my name. No, I, I definitely thought it was a a, a really nice show. Very entertaining. 
Um, I was really surprised by the Finn and AJ match. Um, going into it, we talked about AJ being cold. Um, I said I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Finn Balor right now and the work that he's doing. But that was a really, really good match that they had. Uh, I didn't expect to be as entertained by that match as I was. I thought that was my surpriser, uh, surprising match of the uh, of the night. Um, I thought the three way, like especially like the last five minutes, and this is some of my like just you guys know. I'm not a super big fan of the WWE style main event. I, you know, it's those 25, 30 minute matches. I feel like they get stuck in 15 minutes of too much storytelling. But like the, usually the last five to eight minutes are, are hot. And the five minutes of that three-way match was phenomenal, man. Like that, it was action packed. I couldn't keep my eyes off the screen in the last three, uh, three five minutes of that match. And then going into the men's uh, war games, I mean the storytelling in that in that show. I did we didn't expect that, right? We in our prediction last week. Yeah, we, didn't we see actually that went coming, the opposite. But, wow, yeah, we, it was we really said good. that hey, yeah. like Sammy's going to turn or um, yeah. No, what did we say? Yeah, he's we, no, we said that. We said he's going to yeah. cross it. Oh, gonna that's lose. right. We said he was, he was going to get pinned. Okay, and that's going to start the whole defection of the bloodline <laughs> and it absolutely. Actual and actually, opposite happened. And KO on that was going to win. The opposite happened, right? Yeah. The opposite happened, and, and it's, yep. it's perfect storytelling. Yep. Yeah. So, like for it me, really it was is. a really, um, as far as the, I don't know, we're getting to that, but as far as the ranking of the war games, I don't think that was hot, the highest on my list of all the war games that I've seen. Um, but that moment with the bloodline and Sammy and KO, that that might be top. I mean. I, I want to say in recent memory that had like the biggest moment for me on the show was that main event, like that last, like what sequence that last, what two, three minutes mm-hmm. of the match, the drama. What about yeah. you, Matt? Yeah, no, we talk a lot about star ratings. Of course, being wrestling fans, everything has to have a star rating, things of that nature. And the storyline was a five star storyline. The ending. That's what we remember from the show match wise. I thought the match was okay. I, I thought the match was good. I definitely don't think it stood up to the NXT War Games matches. If we wanted to bring in AEW, and I know Blood and Guts is separate, I think it absolutely does not stand up to Blood and Guts. You know, when you think about War Games, you kind of put it in the same thing as Hell in a Cell. Uh, those matches were, it should be like the end of the feud, like the Blood feud. And I don't think either match was that. I thought the the matches were good. I thought they were entertaining. Overall, like I said, I think the show was very, very good. But I was just watching the War Games match, and I'm just like, you know what? Like, it's missing that brutality of this is final. But I think it felt that way because it's not final. We saw on Raw Monday that Becky is still feuding with Damage Control. And, of course, we know that the KO... Uh, bloodline storyline absolutely has probably just kind of started. We're just scratching the surface. So I think that's why we didn't feel that, you know, finale piece to it. But overall, I thought it was really good. A couple other notes that I did have for the show is the women's war games. Uh, Becky returned, of course, helped Bianca's team win. Uh, I think I have from a in-ring perspective, I think that match was better than the men's match. If you're talking just the actual in-ring. as better, right? Yeah, I think so. You talked about it e, with um, AJ and Finn. Now, my question is this. I've been talking about how ice cold AJ Styles has been. Ishan, you said on the last show, like, man, I think he's been cold for a while, too. Rhodesia, I think you said he's been cold for like a year. 
was that match and was Monday enough to kind of get him heated up in the in the right direction? Or do you still think like, man, AJ is a project right now that he's got to put more wins together before we can heat him up? Can it be somewhere in between both of what you just said there? Uh, I, again, I know AJ Styles is phenomenal, no pun intended, but I just think he has to rack up a few more wins to, for us to care more. Again, I think when uh, when was it with when he was with the OC, I'm like, oh, this was that. I told you before that they came with an, an intensity, and you had mentioned, well, you know, this is the first time I'm watching them fight his faces. So since then, I've kind of yeah. been changing a little bit toward it. So I think it's somewhere in between both of that. I think that yes, he needs a few more wins underneath his belt for people to start caring about him again. And they just keep showing that intensity. Um, that match was really, really good. I will say though, I think it ended kind of anticlimactic. Um, I didn't. I was like, "Oh, wait, okay, that's over. Okay, great match still." And it followed the women' war game, so that was already, I think, a bad spot for them. Uh, but that was probably the best match to put on after that women's war games. Uh, but I did think it ended a little bit anticlimactic. To be honest with you, a great match, great showing okay. for both of them. Yeah, it definitely was a strange ending to that one. It seemed like there was something else that was supposed to happen but didn't happen. I don't I don't know what was going on there. But to answer your question, Matt, um, not for me. Because, like, for me, I'm all about character and story. And it's not necessarily the wrestling that, that's that's been AJ's problem or even the wins, actually. It's just that I think the overall character of AJ style as a face is, is, is stale. Um, I think he needs to add a new layer to the dynamic. Uh, I, I thought maybe the bringing... Gallows and Carl back would kind of be that extra thing he needs. He can kind of bump off of those guys and personality. They can have some entertaining um, things backstage or interviews, and that hasn't happened for me. The best thing about the BC, as you said, was Mia Yim, right? Mia Yim is yeah. just doing her thing. I mean, that's, she's definitely interesting. Um, but for me, it's AJ. Just his character is, is, is stalled out. Uh, there's something new has to be – like him winning a match is going to make him more of an interesting character for me. I was watching the match and I'm like, he can still go in the ring. And then I'm like, maybe just personally, I'm just kind of over AJ Styles right now. I think maybe that's just what it is because, you know, I was of course scrolling on Twitter and people were loving it. Absolutely. Once again, the match was great, mm -hmm. but he's, he's just not doing it for me right now. And I'm like, man, like I, I know like I said, the point where I kind of got soured on him and it has nothing to do with him per se was the edge storyline at mania. Cause it made no sense. And then we kind of just like kept it going all year and I, he hasn't caught for me yet, but I digress. I hope he uh, gets it going because he is such a incredible performer. He's somebody that, you know, you can put in the ring probably against anybody and have a great match. So we'll see kind of where that goes from there before we get to, but he's the boring and KO. Yeah. It me. <laughs> I did, yes, I, I agree. I, I do agree that right now it is just not clicking with him and the OC outside of me and him. Rhodesia, were you going to say something before we uh, moved on? Yeah. I didn't know if you were going to mention it at all if, before we leave away from war games. Man, once again, MVP of the year of all of wrestling has to go to Seth Rollins. I don't know if you're going to bring that up next or not, but another time, another time where Seth does his thing. I went on here saying that Seth would not be, he would not be outsmarted. 
And the way that that flowed and that ended, it was perfect. Actually, we were so he still wasn't no smarter. Yeah, we were so wrong so last wrong. week. We we're like, man, they just put the belt on. Set. He's not losing it. What happens? Yeah, yeah. he loses yep. it. Yep. <laughs> how beautiful! How beautiful was that? And he, he put someone over again. I mean, Seth has come through as an MVP of all of wrestling. I think professional wrestling these last couple of years, amazing. But okay, go ahead. Well, no, and, I just and had you to think about it. Flowers. No, absolutely. Shout out. Let's let's give him one of them air horns. <laughs> Shout out to, to Seth. Let's give him another one. I think that um, you probably have to go back all the way to Mick Foley for someone who is a main inventor that has put so many people over in one year and has not dropped a beat at all in their work or, you know, of course, their presentation. I think he's doing fantastic work. So, Ishan, I'll kind of throw it to you before I go over the Roman KO piece. Anything else from War Games Survivor Series that was a highlight to you you want to bring up? You know, I do have a couple pieces, but I kind of want to save them for later on. So let's go ahead and move on to the, the next topic. Okay. So if you guys don't know, and shout out to Fifle Select, of course, Sean and his team over there do fantastic work. They broke the story on Monday, I believe. Uh, they talked about Roman Reigns was visibly upset after the Survivor Series main event, specifically about a spot within the match. It was rumored among those that we spoke with that Reigns took exception to what he perceived as an unplanned spot between he and Kevin Owens. As he walked backstage, he, missed, he mentioned possibly having a ruptured eardrum, and he wanted the spot to go as originally planned. The explanation was said to have been expletive-filled, and it was clear to everyone that Reigns was not happy. If you guys don't know what spot that was, it was a spot where uh, KO and Roman are face-to-face, and KO slapped him. And I remember the slap, because I remember watching it, and... You wouldn't say it was stiff, but I like to say it was there. You know, it, it was there. And I think the reason why Roman took so much exception to it is because we know that Roman is right now probably in wrap-up in bubble wrap protection mode for the biggest run and probably biggest match of his career going into WrestleMania this year. So I'm sure they are doing everything in their power to make sure that, Hey, he still makes his appearances. He still wrestles where, you know, where it makes sense, but we're doing what we can to protect him. If you think about that match, he didn't do much in that match at all, but he didn't need to because he had four other people who could really do the, the big time work in that match. Word is, and this is shout out to triple H. Once again, this kind of, I think goes to just how great of a job he is doing and being in that position. So word is that he took both of them to the locker room right after that match and talked to them and had them talk it out and hash it out right then and there so that this did not spur on. I think we all know that, you know, they're going toward probably Kevin Owens and Roman at Rumble or one of the big pay-per-views before Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania. So I think Triple H is like, look, y'all got to figure this out. You know, and people are trying to blow this up to be bigger than what it does. I saw somebody say like, KO should have got suspended for 60 days. I saw somebody else say that Roman needs to call the match off. I saw somebody else say that Roman's a crybaby, and this is why they need to strip him of the title. It was so much ridiculousness over (laughs) just this piece here. But I digress on all that piece. Um, I think there's no way this changes any plans, storyline-wise. We saw on Monday, you know, Jay and KO had a great match, main event of Raw. I think it's full steam ahead. But when you guys heard about that little... I wouldn't even call it a dust-up. I don't even know what you call it. Issue, you know, a uh, hard spot in the match, whatever it is, whatever you want to say. What did you guys think of 
that piece of it? And then were you worried at all that this could turn into uh, something much more than just having a conversation in the locker room and moving on? With uh, the first slap. So it was actually two slaps that KO gave Roman. I did think you mentioned that it was there. I just called it mm-hmm. hard hitting. But here's the diff- Here's the thing. I've seen KO do that to other people before. So it was nothing out of the norm. I thought he actually just brought the intensity that I wanted to see in a war games. Like you mentioned, war games brings on a certain level of brutality. So for me, that was nothing out of the norm for me as far as for KO. Now, a ruptured eardrum, I don't know if that is a thing, if that is what really happened. And I don't know how you recover from that. You know, should Roman be mad and upset about that? If he wants to, sure. Um, But I didn't see any malice that was there with KO doing that. I just thought it was just that intensity that he brought that I wanted to see in that, in that match. I don't, I hope KO doesn't get buried from what we saw on raw. It didn't look like he would. Cause if I can remember, yeah. he actually went over. I think he won the match against Jay. If I'm right, if I remember correctly, uh, ultimately yep. I hope Roman's 100%. Okay. Um, again, I hope KO doesn't get buried. And if that's true about what H did and bring him in bravo to him too, because again, there's one too much money in it. And if it is seriously just him slapping him a little too hard um, or something like that, to me, I just feel like that's just a misunderstanding. Again, KO, I think, did nothing wrong. I was actually hyped when he did that to Roman because no one else has had the balls or the goal to, st- to stand up to Roman except for KO. So for me, I'm so happy to see that. I did think that the, that it was there, quote unquote, like you said, them two slaps that he hit Roman with. But Roman got him right back. And Roman sold everything else that happened right after that with KO. So, but well, I'll, maybe, I'll stop maybe, talking. Maybe he didn't sell it. <laughs> maybe he <laughs> maybe, was like, whoa, was what's really, happening? Really there you go. <laughs> Man, guys, when I saw it, I was like, much to do about nothing. Like, it, it wasn't really even, honestly, that big of a deal to me. I mean, I, I watched uh, an AEW match when... Chris Jericho was bleeding from his chest down. Like these dudes hit each other hard. Like these, like, you know, I've been to, you know, indie shows, et cetera. And these guys hit each other, chop each other hard all the time. Like, man, look, this is one of the reasons why I, I didn't train for wrestling. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking that. <laughs> I, like I, I actually had a list of the spots that I wouldn't take. And I was like, oh, I can't wrestle. Cause like I'm not, I'm not getting hit that hard, man. Like if what so was, when I saw what it, was the number one move on your list that you said I will never take this move. Oh man, look, me, me and Big Swole talked about it on Twitter one day. She don't remember, but um, it was it was Lacey <laughs> Shout out to Big Evans. It was Lacey Evans. Um, I think she took a power bomb on the on outside. And uh, Big Swallow said, "Like, hey, she didn't want, she didn't, she didn't want to take that spot." I'm like, "Big Swallow, neither do I." <laughs> I'm like, like, nobody, like you can't, you, you can take a power bomb on concrete, like, geez, Louise. But look, um, you know, and as far as did Kevin do anything wrong? I, I feel like within a, it's, it's, it's cooperative, right? And I feel like you go into things with an understanding. So if Roman wasn't, you know, prepared for that type of physicality from KO in that instance. That might be a, a problem. You might feel like, you know, someone took a liberty, et cetera. But, you know, look, they're men. Let them handle it like men. It was handled like men. You know, they had a mediator in Triple H, bravo to him. Um, to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, I, I kind of feel like in sports, uh, you know, in cooperative men sports, this stuff happens all the time. And yeah, real you know, quick too, Matt, before you say what yeah. you're about to say too, I don't mean to cut you off. This oh, just goes to show one more time, this is not ballet. 
It you is know, not. these wrestlers, they put their bodies on the line. And from something from a smack that could possibly um, bust or rupture his eardrum, that just put in perspective what they do day in and day out is very dangerous. Yep. No, and that was actually what I was going to say. It's not ballet. We, you know, a lot of times, of course, you know, it gets lost on us as fans that, no, the majority of what we see hurts. Right? Especially yep. when the adrenaline kind of wears down. Mm-hmm. All right, so then if you guys don't have anything else on war games in particular, I do want to bring up this talk on, hey, Sami Zayn is so over, we need to make a pivot for WrestleMania and do Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed title night two. I just rolled my eyes. Love Sami Zayn. You guys know that. He was in my top ten wrestler of the year award just from what he's been doing with the bloodline no way in the world should we go with roman reigns versus Sami Zayn in hollywood at wrestlemania this year can't do it cannot do it third to you guys is there any way you guys would rather have Sami versus roman opposed to what we hope is Rock versus Roman. I don't know why you even asked me that question. So then if you want to maybe pose it differently and say maybe Roman versus KO, that's more believable than Sammy and KO. Oh, no. Oh, see, no, I disagree with that. I think if, if it's not the rock. Okay. So, all right. So let's, let's, let's change that. If the rock's available, there is nothing else that I want to see more than Roman and rock. Now the rock's not available. If the rock's not available. Okay. Then maybe we can have this conversation of Sammy against Roman but if it's not I mean like Ishan you have been a huge proponent of the bloodline storyline it has been appointment television for you every single week if you find out now that hey okay we're switching lanes and hopefully maybe Rock's available in two years down the line because he's you know doesn't have movies or whatever's going on but we're going to go with Sammy and Roman as big of a fan as you are of Sammy right now do you think that's a good call? I think I might surprise you, man. I don't know if I would be totally against it, to be honest with you, man. Like, I don't, it's not what I expect, to, to be honest with you. But, man, Sammy is on a hell of a run. Mm-hmm. He's on one hell of a run, and he's super popular. I can't, I, he might be the one of the most popular characters next to Roman in that company, right? You got to think about the, the most over people in WWE. It got to be Roman, and, you know, Sammy can't be far behind. Um, so Seth they can't, is number two. Seth you, is you, you know, you know, I don't want to see a Roman versus Seth, though. To be honest with you, I would but, much but Seth, rather. Uh, we've seen it. Oh, yeah, we've no. done it. Yeah, well, no, we've I, seen we've it this seen, year at Rumble. Yeah, no. Nope. Yeah, we've seen it. Not we've right done now. it. But think about continuing the storyline. What a hell of a storyline! Like, I don't know where this thing's going, but I know it can't end well for Sammy, <laughs> right? And whatever happens at the end of this story, people are gonna want to lift Sammy up. Right. So he can go to the next stage, wherever that might be. So if it's to Roman at Mania for the championship match, that might not be a horrible idea, guys, considering where we're going right now. Because I didn't predict like a year ago that I would care this much about Sami Zayn, to be honest with you. So I'm not against it. I would would rather even put Jay before Sami. 
Jay has had this contention with Roman and having to acknowledge him or even um, Jimmy had acknowledged him at one point when he came back. I would rather see Jay versus Roman main event Jay than Sammy. I get the emotion is there with Sammy. But when we talking about the that bloodline, that storyline, if Roman can't be me, not Roman, I'm sorry, if the rock can't be there, I would rather see Jay go against Roman. I think it has to be somebody in the bloodline, like the actual bloodline. This entire so storyline, this entire storyline to me is predicated on. I'm going to assume WrestleMania next year is close to the finale of this storyline. Maybe that's a wrong uh, perception to have, but that's what I'm thinking that, okay, if we get rock, even if we don't get rock, to your point, Rhodesia, if we get Jay, right? Okay, my assumption is there's got to be cracks in the foundation, and this is where it kind of rubber meets the road with either Roman losing the belt or the bloodline as we know it is no longer. Don't Let's not forget that February is Elimination Chamber in Canada. That is the month. No that sense. is the pay-per-view that you go KO and Sammy reunited and take the titles off the Usos. Now, that is a perfect story. That is something that nobody saw coming six months ago, seven months ago, eight months ago, probably even three months ago, but it makes sense now. You can still weave it into the story. No harm, no foul with the Tribal Chief storyline. But I think for us, because the assumption is going to be, if it's Sammy versus Roman at Mania, Sammy's going to win. Wouldn't that be the assumption? Fair assumption to say? I don't want to see that. I don't know. But I'm saying, if that was to happen, wouldn't you guys say, hey, Smart Money is probably with Sammy winning that Universal title that night? That'd be tough, but I mean... I don't know. But here's the thing, though. Like, going into it, though, like, I feel like this is such a a perfect storyline. Whatever happens to Sammy, like, whatever deception that's done to him, like, the wrong that's that's done to Sammy, it's going to be heartbreaking, right? And you... Man, like, these guys aren't... These guys aren't actors, but 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 damn it, man! Sammy makes you feel something, right? You really All the like time. that segment. Like I forgot to mention it when we talked about war games, but that's that conversation he had with Roman Reigns yeah. on war games. The passion that he expressed in that segment, like you felt it, right? That felt real, mm-hmm. right? He makes you believe in him. So when when they let him down. It's gonna he he's it's gonna be it's gonna be high drama and people are wanting to see him overcome that and the biggest hill for him to climb isn't Jay it's not Jimmy it ain't solo it's going to be Roman because whoever Roman has to give the orders to knock this dude out out the bloodline right it's gonna have to, ultimately it's gonna come from him so he would technically be the the, the hill for Sammy to climb and maybe that hill might be at Mania and maybe it is a title win. I think the fans will embrace it. I think Rhodesia, I think when when we get there and once you get to that story, it's a lot of months going into that. I think you'll feel it as well. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> she said no. But no, but to, to, to your point that we can move on, I do think the perfect storyline is him reuniting with his best friend, his brother, yep. so to speak, and KO, and them taking the titles off of the Usos, who are now, of course, we know the longest reigning tag champs in the history of WWE. So I do think that is a fantastic story there. Hey, How hey, hey Matt, right before you, hey, right before you, you, you interject Rhodesia and Matt, you know what happened? Like, uh, Kevin Owens would turn on Sammy after reuniting with him, and then he would join the bloodline if this was an AEW. Well, I digress. Go ahead. 
I was just gonna say, regardless of where we stand about who who's facing at, at the mania, no one thought that this actual storyline would get better, <laughs> and it did at War Games. So that's significantly all I better. It. Like it, it got, took a it massive better. step forward. And speaking of massive step forwards, I got on this podcast last week and talked about how Raw has not been doing it for me for the last few weeks. So let me go ahead and hit the button for WWE Raw this past Monday. Pretty great. Can't lie. You talk about that first hour was fantastic. They went commercial free. It's something about them going commercial free that just makes the show even better. I thought the first hour was excellent. I thought the overall show was much, much better and very, very good. Uh, we saw, you kind of talked about it, Ishan. We saw Jay and Sammy finally now completely on the same page. That was great to see. We saw the Street Profits return. And I got a text message on Monday night from one Ishan, and he told me he is tired of the Street Profits. I wasn't They've been off, to been off TV for two months. My boy Montez ain't been there. My boy Dawkins taking his shirt off now, feeling himself, looking great, working great. Yeah, I get a text message saying, I'm over the Street Profits. Ooh. How come I wasn't privileged to this text? I think he was ashamed. I, I'll tell you why you weren't privileged. Because this was a personal <laughs> conversation with my brother, right? <laughs> off the cuff, right? I'm talking to him because there's no, there's no street private slander on this show. I, I like, but now he done brought a personal. This is this is betrayal. <laughs> All right, this is betrayal. This is He'll this turn. is the AEW moment. Yeah, this is it, this is MJF right here. Like, right, like betraying Damn. me. So this is. Hey, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring you guys in behind the curtains. I I asked these guys. I said, hey, what are we talking about? So I can get organized before the show. Matt has interjected four different things that is not on these talking point cards. And this will be the fifth one, right? And so then he snarkily says, like, oh, I got to tell E. I got to tell E. Sean hey. what we're talking about again. And now we're, it's the fifth thing, and now it's betrayal. So, hey, so hey, anything can happen is, on this show. My question is, is it accurate? And when you say yes, just you, you don't have to deep dive it. Just say what you would like to see from the Street Profits going forward. How about that? What what betrayal? Man, my back is bleeding, everybody. Goodness gracious. So I'm a Street uh, Street Profits fan. I, I, I love the Street Profits. I, I love what they bring. I like them together. I'm not ready to see them apart yet. But I think it's time to level up. I think, and one's got to be that gear. I'm just not a fan of the gear. I think they come out with the, honestly, they, their, their basketball jerseys remind me of, you know, back in the day, What's that? What was that sports store we went to back in the day when we was kids? Uh, was it Champs? Right? You yeah, remember Champs? Champs Sports. And you and you can get the generic version of like the Pistons jersey. You get the generic, you know. So it'd be the 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 the, the Chicago jersey without the lines, right? <laughs> and sometimes Chicago be spelled incorrectly. It is a shot time. So it's like that real off-brand generic jersey that just looks looks trashy. And I'm like, yo, these guys need to step up their ring gear, and I think they just need to look the part that they can be, right? Because you got Dawkins, who's in 
phenomenal condition. I noticed that when he had his t-shirt on, like, man, this dude was looking yeah. something. He's looking in great yeah. shape. Yeah. You know, Montez, he was looking like a beast, right? I mean, getting yeah. cocked diesel, them, them legs is getting thick, right? He's they're looking like, but they need they don't they need to look the part. And I think that the I think one of the perceptions about street properties is that they were new day light as far as like the tongue and cheek comedy stuff that they do. I just think it's time for them when they came back from injury, I was hoping they would be taking another look. They would be going up another level. That was my opinion. Got you. Okay. So then, I mean, but those things. something new from them. Yeah. A lot of that is, I mean, that's cosmetic. Like you can fix that, you know? So, um, restoration of awesome theory, another week, another strong promo, another strong segment. Looks like he's doing pretty good there. And then of course, I mean, Becky being back, boy, did she show her star power in that opening segment? You know, you kind of just watch it. You're like, that's what WWE has been missing. One of the things they've been missing is having that go-to besides Bianca, woman wrestler, and Becky showed that tenfold. So those are kind of like just my highlights from from Raw. Ishan, I'll throw it to you first, and then Rhodesia, I'll, I'll let you cap it off. Anything else from Raw that, that you saw that you were really excited about? Uh, you mentioned one of them just very briefly. Uh, Theory, I mean, <laughs> wow. He's he's on a roll. I like what they're doing. I was really surprised, as we said, that he ended up winning that three-way, and he's the new um, United States champion. Uh, I thought that was phenomenal. Um, the opener was really, really good. And to be honest with you, uh, Matt, I was really presently surprised that you enjoy Raw so much because – when I watched the show, I can't say that there was anything that stood out other than the bloodline and then the, the continuation of theory and a few other things that stood out to be better than other shows. Like okay. for me in watching Raw, it's it's a good show. It's entertaining for the most part. It's just a huge upgrade to me over a year ago watching Raw. <laughs> like it just for me it was oh, unwatchable. Yeah. 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 Now, now it's watchable, um, but there wasn't anything that specifically stood out to me to say that this show was better than others. Uh, I think it was something that keeps that's going to continue to, you know, push storylines, um, you know, ahead. But one thing I didn't like, and I, I before I throw to you, Rhodesia, and this might be in your in your lane, like man, I'm like, all right, you got skinny Becky Lynch, and I, I'm glad she's the man character. I think this is suits her. I love what she was doing with the crowd. You know, what's the dude's name with the yellow sweatshirt? Bob, Bob man. Bob, Bob, right? Right, Bob. Bob. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I love her being a woman of the people or the man of the people, her out in the crowd doing her thing. But man, when she was out there beating up damage control by herself, <laughs> I was like, all right, this is a bit much. Like, you got this one woman beating up three women, you know, with toys. That was a little bit of a disconnect for me, a little bit, but that will be my only nitpick from the show will be that one thing, but that's a minor thing for me. I had to get over that that whole thing, just in wrestling in general. I don't know if it's because, even though I kind of despise the great Vince McMahon about him loving his heavyweights um, and kind of how I feel about that, but... I feel that exact point. I didn't notice it in Raw show because of all of the energy that Becky Lynch had around her. But you're right. She is someone who is much smaller and you take on three people. And like you said, you're beating up with um, artificial, not artificial belts, but replica belts and, and foam fingers and whatever cardboard they were using out there. 
I have to kind of take that part out of it, but I actually really, really like that. I love how when Bailey first came out, it was kind of like a, a setup to kind of get her jumped by the rest of Damage Control. Um, but as far as Raw, before we move off of Raw, you mentioned with Austin Theory, that was great too. I really like this Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley, kind of their matchup, kind of their 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 size, their height, and them going at each other. I think for Mia Yim, um, I really loved her work right at NXT when she was caught up to WWE. I thought it was a little bit flat. I don't know if it's because of the people she was wrestling in WWE when she was caught up or, again, whatever the leadership was at that time. I'm just so happy that we can kind of put that behind us. And I'm really liking this Mia Yim right now. And I think that when I see her and Rhea Ripley go at each other, I really just really like their chemistry together. That's all I have to say about Raw. It's I felt it was a great show. I saw some stuff on the internet and back to it. I remember um, with you, Matt, you had went to uh, in Detroit. What was it? Blood and Guts. And that, what is it called? The Hell in a Cell match. I'm so sorry. It's not called Hell in a Cell, but that match Hell it felt cell. different. Watch. <laughs> it Hell in a Cell in AEW? Cell are, yep, Hell in a Cell in AEW. So there, <gasps> for, for me, don't boo me, but for me watching it at home, I didn't feel it as much as you saw it there. So I think it goes back to being able to see a match from beginning to the end. So that first hour being commercial free, I think that did a lot to make me feel like, wow, this was a three hour raw and it didn't feel like it. Oh, you're talking and about just yeah, not having the breakup of commercial breaks in between the matches. Yeah. Even last week when we were at dynamite and they had, they took a commercial break during the elite and death triangle match. And the majority of the things that was incredible live, was doing the commercial break. They, you know, I don't know. They got to figure that out on AEW in terms of where the commercial breaks are. I could have sworn back in the day, and granted, I have not gone back and watched any old Raws in years and years and years, but it felt like back in the day, there was not commercial breaks a lot during matches. You would get your commercial break toward the, like the main event spot. If it was a main event match and they'll say, Hey, this is our last commercial break of the night. Stay tuned. But I don't remember so many commercial breaks during matches difference in, in WWE is they actually book their matches. That's on TV for those commercial breaks. So if you've ever been to a show live, you know, it, you can typically tell live, Oh, they're on a commercial break. You know, you may get a couple of mm-hmm. rest holds or, you know, the, the action is not fast and furious in AEW. They go from the time that <laughs> bell rings to the time the bell rings that it's over. You don't know when commercial is or what. And I think they do need to kind of change that a little bit, but duly noted with, that piece around the one hour raw raw was great skittles and rainbows we gotta talk about it guys we touched on it Uh-oh. a tiny bit at the beginning where we said man raw games is great four out of five matches were awesome Uh-oh. we gotta talk about it what in the hell has happened to ronda rousey i was someone who was a huge rousey fan of course, going all the way back to UFC, but just talking WWE, best debuting match, I'm going to say, in the history of wrestling, when she tagged with Kurt against Triple H and Stephanie at WrestleMania in New Orleans. I think Bad Bunny was good, too. Bad Bunny was but, great, but, and so yeah, was yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, Logan Paul was so great, too, but Rousey, nobody expected that. She did incredible. Wow. To look at where she was in her first year, year and a half run, And yes, she was fighting the likes of Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair. I get that. 
But she has regressed so bad on this run. It's not even funny. I tried to shoot her bell. Her and Liv at Extreme Rules. And I'm like, mm, I may have to put this one on Liv because I haven't seen many Rousey matches this bad. Segments on SmackDown, really bad. Sunday against Shotzi, really bad. It feels like nothing is clicking on this run with, with Ronda Rousey. I'll throw it to you guys. What happened? Is it salvageable? And if it is, is it as easy as saying, hey, put her with a Paul Heyman type? Of course, Heyman is working with the bloodline. That's not going to happen right now. But is it that simple? Or is it, hey, we need to get the belt off of her and completely somehow rebuild her in a completely different way? Because this is not working and it's really hurting the women's division on SmackDown. This run of Ronda Rousey is very, very disappointing. And mainly because I remember how good she was. You know, she's a heel now and she's a bad girl. And people still don't like her for being a bad girl. So to me, I I do, I, I think about it and I feel like it comes down to either four different things. Either one, she lost confidence in herself. Two, her energy is somewhere else. You know, focus, I don't want to say, you know, it's on her family. That's probably not fair to say if she's a professional. Um, three, maybe she doesn't believe in her character. Or four, probably the most reliable one, is that her honeymoon stage is over. And people and fans just don't care about her anymore. Uh, regardless, there's a 180 that needs to be happening. And I can't really answer that question you just asked. Um, but I don't know. This ain't it. And I have, I said last time that I thought it was Liv. <laughs> maybe I didn't care for Liv's, you know, championship run. But maybe it was Ronda. Maybe it was always Ronda to begin with. So I don't know how to answer your question, but I do think that we need to figure out what it's causing this disconnect because we've seen her where she was much better and people cared about her. Uh, that's rough. I, I know that, um, you know, since match, but, you know, putting our text messages on blast, I, I don't know what's sacred <laughs> and what's not, <laughs> right? I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's protected, right? That was the but, only uh, one I was, I was going to do. Jeez. For, for this week. Um <laughs> Heal but I, you know, I, but I said I'm like, man, I, I like I like war games, I like all the matches except for this, except except for that match. Uh, it it just really wasn't good. And I think the one spot that really stood out to me was when um, I think that Shotzi was trying to do the DDT the to Ronda onto the apron. Oh my God. Yeah, they kind of all just took it over, and Ooh. Ronda <laughs> Ronda just hit the mat, and, and Shotzi flopped out of the ring. Um, you know, that was just really bad. But here's the thing. I mentioned it last week that the entire SmackDown women's division is Ronda Rousey. Like, right? I don't think there's anybody on that roster that's clicking right now. You know, uh, Shotzi. Uh, no, Liv wasn't. Ronda surely isn't. And I guess Ronda is the leader of that division right now. So I guess that she's the, the, the head woman in charge. And so, like, the rest of that roster is kind of following suit. So I don't want to put it all on Ronda, but certainly the last couple of Ronda matches I've seen haven't been good. But I can't think of anything on that on that women's division that has been mildly entertaining or good in the ring. I think it's time for a shakeup. I think that maybe Ronda will benefit from wrestling more seasoned talent, right? Because she's wrestling a Shotzi, 
And Shotzi's good, but I don't know if she's a, a, a wrestler that can carry somebody to a great match, right? I don't know if Liv Morgan was either. Ronda still is relatively new in the business. She hasn't been doing it very long, right? She took a sabbatical to be a mom. Yep. Um, so to say that everything is her fault, I mean, she's learned a lot. She's done a lot in the, what, the four years that she's been doing it. Mm-hmm. That's still really young in the business, guys. And I'm not trying to, I'm not being devil advocate. I'm just being realistic and saying it. I, I don't think that they have enough women on that roster that mean something and enough roster that can kind of help these inexperienced women be great in the ring. So uh, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it might be on Ronda's shoulders, but I think it's a bigger problem with that women's division. Yeah, I think um, that's a great point because if you think about, like I said, who she was working with that first year, Hall of Fame talent, super superstars. So maybe she's being exposed for being a rookie right now. I don't know. But, but I, I told do you know that is- before, Matt. I told you that before. I said Rhonda and I'm not I don't want to blast her because again, she has so much potential. And I and I do support her. So for sure, I, I don't I want to make sure that's a clear statement and I hit it with a period and I start my next sentence. But I've said this before that I know me, you had gotten passionate about her matches before. I think it had to do they were so good before because who she went against. She is new and she is green. I think you actually was like she's not green, meaning um in new to the business. I've always felt that about Rhonda. I did. Rhonda just says, Man, I want her to do well, but she's trash. That was basically what I, whoa, that was whoa, whoa, whoa. right there. Isha, did you hear that? That Optimate is crazy. You, I tell you what's funny. I'll tell you what's funny. This week on Twitter, Fire Ronda Rousey was trending. I think we found the culprit of the person who started. First off, that never, trend. never, it be never, fix never, Ronda never, Rousey. Never. Or he just says fire never. Ronda Rousey. That I was what I heard. Never do that. Moving on. No. So, all right, we are going to talk about AEW. I'm going to get very, 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 very passionate about one particular piece. If you watch Dynamite this week, I am sure you know what that is. It is the MJF promo. I know all three of us have thoughts, opinions on it. We're going to save that for the end because that's how deep I think this goes. So let's start with the positives. I did think last night was a great show. I thought it was action-packed. It was great to see Hangman back. That was a surprise. You know, and just watching that show last night, we had Hangman. Um, we also got another surprise, too, didn't we, last night? No. First, I'm, what, oh, we got the, the belt, the new, the new championship belt. Is okay, maybe. To? I think, yeah, maybe so. But I can't remember if that was it. But it, I was watching. I'm like, man, it's just so good when we actually can see surprises. You know, when you're a hardcore mm-hmm. wrestling fan, you know so much before it happens. I try not to find out a lot because... I still enjoy it as I've always have. And to me, it takes away a lot of spoilers. You know, when you hear, hey, Brock Lesnar was you know, spotted, you know, backstage, it's like, all right, well, that just kind of spoiled Brock's return. You know, so I enjoy actual legit surprises. Hangman coming back was a, a legit surprise. Another le- legit surprise is I'm guessing Moxley is never getting a vacation. So, <laughs> hey, I, I guess he's got to work right through it. Okay, whatever. Um, I thought... Uh, Brian Danielson and Dax killed it, which we knew that match would be good. It was great. Shout out to those guys. I love cocky Samoa Joe. He is the best Joe to me when he is that cocky heel. 
uh, that we saw last night. I do think it was really, really, really interesting, and it was only one night, but you got to take the crowd response as some form of really quick sample size of what's going on. Warlow's response was not the best last night Yeesh. at all. When he popped up on that screen, it wasn't much response. He kind of gave his promo, and there was actually some booze there. Yeah, the crowd started chanting the, the Warlow after, after that, but I thought that was really, really interesting that um, just how far he's dropped. And that's his booking. We've talked about that before. We'll keep talking about that. But if there was a way for me to hit this 20 times in a row, Miss Jade, Miss Jade, you just, you just ruptured my eardrum. Miss Jade, Miss Jade. That's all. That's all. I know he wants me to hit another one for. I'm gonna hit one more. She looked incredible last night. Um, wow. I'm gonna stop because, of course, the main event was great. Six man tag. I do want to shout out the Death Triangle and Young Bucks because, or the Elite, I should say, because they are finding a way to have completely different matches every single week. I think we get a two week off. I think that they're not uh, working next week with the match. I think maybe not even the week after, I think their next one is winter is coming, which is in two weeks. Um, but I think that's great. There was, there were some people who were worried that man, we're going to see the same match up to seven times each week. We can see that's not the case. They're telling a different story each and every time. So I think that's fantastic. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to throw it to you guys. Cause the next thing that we're going to talk about after you guys give your highlights or low lights outside of the MJF promo, which you guys got, Ishan, I'll start with you on this one. Look, I also want to take time to appreciate Jade. Um, wow. <laughs> um, she looked phenomenal. She looked phenomenal. And here's the thing. I'm a much more of a mild-mannered guy. I think Matt is more of an emotional fan than I am, right? So a lot of times when he'll say, hey, have you seen Jay? Oh my God. Right. So I know she looks good, but I'm like, she's, she always looks good, man. I'm like, you know, like whatever. But when I saw her, I'm like, Oh no, there was no cap. The, the, he, <laughs> he, no, he was right. Like she looked breathtaking and you know, there's no, it's no, it's, it's no uh, secret. She wears wigs, man. She looked great in long hair. Yep. She looked phenomenal. I've said it from the day I saw her that she is a star and it her promo right i, I couldn't stop taking a, my eyes off of her right but she was t- i guess quote unquote cutting the heel promo but there was no caps to be had she she spoke the truth she looks like a star she's if you stand her next to she any told man y'all she's a star <laughs> in that company she's going to stand out and people she's going to turn heads wow right wow we knew it wasn't possible we knew it wasn't a thing, but didn't it feel like Sasha or Naomi was coming out to confront her the way she was cutting that promo? I didn't think that in that moment, but kind of hindsight being 2020 and kind of seeing the energy after that. Absolutely. Cause it felt like, why is she looking like this? This is the first time we've ever seen this much of her body exposed that way in like a sexy kind of way on, on dynamite or rampage from what I can see or what I remember. 
I see your point now. I did feel like, okay, maybe someone else should have came out that big return, that big yeah. superstar name. And more than, just moment, how she, no. more than how she looked, it was what she was saying. Like, typically those type of promos of the, there's nobody that can touch me. I'm better than everybody else. There's nobody on my level. That is recipe 101 for the returning star or debuting star. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, there is no way in the world Sasha Banks is coming out tonight. I can't see Naomi being there. And then I'm starting thinking like, okay, well, who else do they have? She wow. cut a fantastic promo. My worry is, and then we fantastic. saw Bow Wow show up on the tight on the on the trine. My worry is this can't be just a baddie's breakup, the way she cut that promo. I feel like that would be a letdown. Um, but that, that that's just me though. Hey, you know what? I was kept I was so captivated by her. I I I didn't get that in watching it. Like I didn't really care who was coming out there. I didn't expect anybody big, but to be honest with you, for it to be Bow Wow in 2022, it's a little bit of a letdown. I don't know where uh, Bow Wow versus Vicky goes, That's right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it Bow goes. Wow. Bow Wow said, hey, I'm off tour now. I'm going to see you real soon. Man, shout, shout to Bow Wow, man. Like, hey, I who think going he was, to them I think he was on the stream tour? Who, who going to them tours? Oh, I, I, I think he was on the was stream it, tour, man. Was he opening? <laughs> wow, that's disrespectful. Big time. <laughs> well, since Anything we're here, else why don't from you... Dynamite? Yeah, I got one before before I say that, for the hell of it, do another gunshot or whatever for Jay for me. Whatever oh, you were see? doing for her. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes. Hashtag body goals, right? Okay. There you go. Uh, but no, she pretty much said it. Lie me up with anybody in the backstage and they know I'm a star. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I got you. I got you, Jay. <laughs> um, but I, one thing I just have to make mention to, and I don't know if it was done intentionally, if someone just got into the secret stash of scotch, I don't know. But the commentary last on um, not last night on Dynamite was actually pretty incredible down to the blah that I heard. They were great. They were great. <laughs> I think Taz is doing play-by-play for a moment, right? And you can tell, of course, when they're having fun. You can tell when anybody's having fun at mm-hmm. their job. But you can really tell Taz, Excalibur, and Tony are having a ball yep. working together. And it, once again, it comes across on, on screen. So shout out to those guys. That's all I have. Again, great. I don't have issues with Dynamite putting on um, a good matches and shows. Last night, though, I, I didn't think that it was when the storytelling was good. With my again, when um, Hangman Page came out telling that story, that was good. I am interested to see though when Moxley and William Regal is in the same room, what's going to happen then. But I think we're going to get to that point. Hey, real quick, Rhodesia Matt, before you guys yes. get there, before you guys get there, I got a question for you. We we enjoyed the the Brian Danielson versus um, Dax match, right? That was yes. a random match thrown together. Yes. We kind of get on top of WWE when they do these long matches that come out of nowhere and mean nothing just for the sake of a good match. We get a lot of that on AEW. Like, is that a good or bad thing? I'm not sure. I'm, it's good to have good matches, but I feel like I still, it was a great match, but I wish they would do something that furthered a story or a match that furthered some type of a story or that match led to some kind of story they're telling with Mox and uh, and Danielson or something, or maybe uh, something that led to, you know, whatever the the, um, FTR is doing. You know, it's a great match, but I want to see more story-driven content on that show, not just matches to have good matches. 
No, for sure. AEW is going to always have those kind of matches. I was just happy that last night we had a couple of stories that was in there. So we were always going to get those kind of matches. And I think that's the that's way they booked they the are. show. If you, I know, Rhodesia, you didn't watch Nitro. Ishan, you did for sure, I believe, back in the day. That's no kind doubt, of what no Nitro doubt. was. Nitro, if you're going to go back and look, the majority of Nitro shows were random matches and then one or two big angles. That was the entire format of Nitro. So I think, of course, we know how much Tony loved WCW back in the day and things of that nature. I think that's part of it. Of course, I do think, I agree with you 100%. We've talked about that before. But I do think every match can't be story-based. I get what you're saying for sure, though, in terms of what that match was and maybe what we could have done in terms of stories and things of that nature. But I think it's just different philosophy. Like I said, you kind of think about what Nitro was. It's kind of the Nitro template. We hey, we, we just put on bangers after banger of random matches. Matches are going to be great. And then we'll throw in a couple of big storylines. Big storylines. All right, here we go, guys. Who wants to start? Y'all can go. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and watch and listen. Ishan, well, would, you, would you like juice. to start this one off? I know you have thoughts. We have not talked about this at all. Uh, we have I know not have thoughts about it. Yep. So either I can go or you can go. We're 56 minutes into the pod. We may go another hour on me running <laughs> about the MJF promo from last I gotta night. I got to go to work in the morning. Yeah. Good call. Hey, look, so, honestly, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it to you just in a second here because I, I told you from the start, I'm like, Hey, I want to hear you guys make this make sense because you guys are much more apologetic about these things, especially when it comes to AEW, than I am. Because I've been t- one of the things I've been talking to Matt about for years. I've been pretty consistent. I'm like, these stories just don't make sense. They just don't make sense. They just don't make sense. Not all the time, right? And I said last week that this, like, look, I mean, it was an interesting segment, but wow, I mean, it, I, I it didn't make sense to me. So then we got to finally got so, the follow up. So I was so really quick, interested to see what y'all got to say about it. Real quick. So we said last week, which, which, which segment are you talking about? You're talking Regal, Moxley, and Brian Danielson, yeah. right? Got yes. it. Okay. I just, want, I just want to make sure everybody is clear on when you said last week's segment, what segment you were talking about. So do you want to go? Or you want me to go? Well, can you, why don't you set the stage first so we, I'm on the same page? Got it. All right. So let's set the stage. So last night, and now we know, in my opinion, why. We did not have MJF in Chicago last week. That wouldn't have worked. What they did mm-hmm. with that crowd, that wouldn't have worked. So, once again, I always like to start with the positives. If there are positives, let me start with the positives. I really enjoy that he called out Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, and Ricky Starks. Love that because that's setting up his next few matches. Cool, got it. Loved how he did that, and he did it in a way where. If you don't know those, those are the next few matches. If you're not paying attention, you'll be able to kind of go back to that promo. Loved it. Two thumbs up. Really enjoyed him bringing up the title reigns. Uh, Bruno San Martino, Hawk Hogan. <laughs> Loved it. Thought it was fantastic. That's about it in terms of positives for me. So if you guys didn't see it, MJF comes out, cuts a very, very long promo with Regal. And then he says a whole lot of things, takes up a lot of time, turns on Regal at the end, 
me go away. So now let me kind of get into some of the things. So before I kind of go into what I hated, Ishan Ruiz, you got anything to add to what you what you liked about it that maybe I didn't bring up? No, I'm ready for you to go. Is, what I would say is a takeaway. <laughs> well, first off, I don't think I'm as passionate on the bad side as it is the two of you. But I've been waiting um, all day <laughs> to record this um, to get my feelings out. I felt like like I felt like I had this anxiety just sitting on my chest, <laughs> and I need to get it out. So I'm already starting to feel a little bit better. Okay, but I got let me just, let me just, let me just say this real quick, and then you can go. Uh, one. I'm about to talk out of both sides of my neck here. One, I think he did a great thing for the legacy of MJF's first run as champion with him changing the belt over to, what is it, Burberry-type Burberry, championship. Uh, Triple B, right? Burberry triple Big B. Belt? Or, or oh, that was very Burberry cute. Belt. That was very cute. Burberry, yeah, very cute. whatever. Um, however, I think the belt looks ugly. I think it looks <laughs> terribly ugly. I think even what somebody's like, blah, somebody on commentating say that maybe even Tony Schiavone, I think, said, uh, yeah, yeah. but Tony hit it. Tony yeah. was like, this was like, oh, this is awful. I think the belt looks awful, but as far as, um, cementing his legacy in the business, absolutely. We, we thought we saw it in WWE when, um, Rock got his belt. He, when he became a champion, he changed the belt. When Cena, he came with the spinning belt. So I, I give that to MJF for him being able to do that and have a belt that is him. Um, but I think the belt is ugly. I think that's pretty much all I have to say about that segment. I did think it went on pretty long, um, but I don't think I'm passionate <laughs> for one way or another, like the way you two are, because you're about to come out of the freaking, the, the, this camera set that I'm seeing here. So go ahead. The floor right. is yours. <sighs> And I'm sure I'm in the minority. Actually, I know I am, If you know, just kind of checking the pulse of what I saw last night with wrestling fans. I didn't see much of my feelings at all. The promo was straight trash. And when I say trash, I'm talking capital T, capital R-A-S-H-H-H-H. I think it was by far MJF's worst promo he's ever cut on AEW TV. That's not saying a lot, though, for badness, though. I mean, he's always cut phenomenal promos. Trash. <laughs> so, a couple things. Now we know exactly where the storyline is going with this contract piece. He said it last night. Bidding war yep. 2024. I'm over it. Stop. I'm over it. It was fun. It was cute. It was uh, edgy when you had gripes about the company. When you weren't getting your respect and you weren't having any money. You are now allegedly, according to you, storyline-wise, the highest paid wrestler in AEW, and you are the AEW champion. Why are you still talking about 2024? You have everything you want right now in AEW. So that doesn't make sense. Stop. Enough. Enough of that. I had an issue with that. Um, I had an issue with... Let's go back to that. There is 0% chance... So this that that's this storyline is also not going to work. Anybody that has common sense knows there is a zero percent chance his contract is up January twenty twenty four at this point. There is I no way so. in the world. There is no I way in the world so. Tony is allowing him to go out here and turn that into a storyline because you never know what can happen for him to leave. He's not going anywhere because his contract got extended. If you watch wrestling enough, you know that. That's why I don't think it works anymore. Stop doing that. Um, the firm explanation was horrendous. And I would say I'll shoot him some bail. He and he said that, hey, you know, like, I kind of respect it. They saw me, you know, down and they kind of, you know, went after me. Huh? 
Okay. What? Okay. That's it? Okay. Now, Stokely came out and did say on Renee's podcast that the firm was supposed to feud with CM Punk. That was the whole thing I, after All Out. Of course, we know what happened with CM Punk. Okay, so if you want to shoot him some bail and say, hey, the storyline could have been better, I'm not shooting him bail because you had months to make the storyline better. I had an issue with that. I had an issue with, okay, I love the Regal ending. I thought it was fantastic. The callback to the email, and that's why he turned on Regal and basically verbatim said the same words that Regal said to him in the email. thought it was great. I did love that part. Something interesting that came out today, per PW Insider, William Regal is heading back to WWE any day now says, although we have heard of uh, nothing official from the company, there've been rumblings within WWE of late about Regal returning in a backstage role. That would mean Regal would be exiting AEW, where it certainly appeared. He was written out of the storylines last night, having been attacked by AEW champion MJF. So let's unpack this. Let's start with just storyline, just storyline. Mox tells Regal last week, Leave, don't ever come back. Brian Danielson talks Mox out of going upside Regal's head. Regal shows up this week like that segment never happened. Moxley, yes, he has his, his hands full with Paige right now. He doesn't show up to get back at Regal or MJF. So now your top face is left holding the, holding the bag because he's moving on to Adam Page. That's horrible. Um, MGF turns on Regal the first chance he gets. He was, they were only together for a week, which makes the promo last week completely null and void. That doesn't make sense. Um, now, in real life, Regal just signed in March of this year, which means if he's heading back to WWE in December, that is an eight- or nine-month contract. Explain to me where they do those contracts at. I know Leo Rush said he was only on, under a deal for five months. I know Bobby Fish was only under a deal, I think, for six or seven months. William Regal is not Bobby Fish and not Leo Rush. Explain to me how he only had a nine-month contract. I don't think that's the case. I, there's got to be something more to this. And I think... Uh, Brian Alvarez from uh, Observer <laughs> said today, allegedly he heard there was a clause in the contract to say that if Triple H <laughs> took over duties in WWE, that wow. Regal could be let out of his contract. If that was in the contract, holy hell, what kind of contracts are we signing in AEW? I don't think that's the case. If that is the case, though, we got to do a pod separately on Triple H being the whistleblower and getting Vince McMahon off of WWE completely, because if that is truly the case, I think Triple H is the one that dropped the dime on Vince, and is, we're getting what we're getting here. Um, so that, that was my issue with the entire segment. I didn't think it made sense. I thought the promo was really bad. Of course, they are fighting against the current by keeping MJF heel. Fine. You want to keep him heel? I'm good with that. That crowd was really not buying what MJF was selling last night. Now, I, we, I went through that entire diatribe. Next week, he can come out, kill a promo segment. Everything kind of is back on course with the match with Ricky in a couple of weeks. 
And then when we go to, you know, Brian Danielson, when we go to Eddie Kingston, which is going to be, my God, the promo segments between them two are going to be off the charts. It can be fixed maybe. But last night being your time, your spotlight as you were the champ for the first time, I thought it was a complete and utter failure and a bomb. Those are my thoughts yep. on last night. I wish I had the applause soundtrack over here. See, this is a lot of times, like, you guys don't understand that Matt and I, we debate on these very topics quite often. And I always tell Matt, like, he he, he disagrees with me so heartily. I'm like, Matt, you know you're just going to agree with me in three or four weeks. You're just not there yet. Like, I'll just give you, a, I'll give you some time. Like, no, no, E, no, E. No, you can't no. say that with yeah. this. No, yes. no, no, this no. Is, this no. Is exactly. No, this is. I'm, I'm gonna take you back in time. We're gonna time travel because okay. this is this is the problem. What we saw on Wednesday has been going on since MJF his sabbatical in the in the summertime. Like nothing about his storyline from then to now has made sense. Now, let's go ahead and like you said, there's a lot of things, the moving parts in the back. We don't know what's going on with Regal's contract. But I'll tell you this, though. When I watch that wrestling show, I don't care what's happening behind the scenes. I don't care what's happening in contracts. If you can't make this stuff entertaining for my television, I don't want to watch it. Right? So if they're if they're letting Regal out of his contract early to go behind the scenes, to go work for WWE, that's great. But at least put a entertaining, logical storyline in front of me on, on Wednesdays. And I haven't seen that in the past two days. I, I gave them a pass last week. I said, hey, whatever they're doing right now is interesting. I was interested to see what was going on. It didn't make sense at the time. I gave them a pass. Fast forward to this Wednesday, nothing makes sense. There wasn't, when we listen to MJF explain the connection, right? This is just a willy-nilly thing that he decided to do over the weekend, right? Because he got the email from Regal, what, a day or so before the actual match. So it's not like this is something that he's had in plan. They've been in cahoots for a long term. This is something he just came up with willy-nilly. So here's the thing about the, the show, right? AEW overall does a horrible job with creating a protagonist and an antagonist for that show. That's why you look at the crowd reaction and, and for that segment, right? People want to cheer MJF. And that's the problem. I'm going to kind of go all over the place because I forgot to write notes. So I'm going to go all over the place in doing this. But they're fighting turning him face. The people want to cheer him, but they've been fighting this for about six or seven months, right? And they are all eggs in the basket on making this, this guy heal in the crowd. They don't want it, right? They don't want it. So and, and let's, let's, take a, let's take that to the side. We're, we've all been owners and, and managers of businesses, right? If there was ever a demand for a product or service from your clientele and, and you were able to provide that, you would do yourself a disservice by not providing them that service. If it was in your power to do so, it was something that you can do, why would you leave money on the table by not providing your clients that service? AEW's crowd and their audience wants to cheer MJF. And they're not giving the people what they want. They're continuing to force feed this hill persona and people don't want to hear it. People don't want to hear it on Twitter. They don't want it on their televisions. And so when you get these crowd reactions, you're hearing a lot of indifference, right? And what I mean by indifference is that, okay, he's, MJF's being a hill. Okay. 
I don't know. I, I like them. I don't really want to boom. I'm not supposed to cheer them. So I'm just going to sit with my hands in my pocket. Right. William Regal is supposed to be this hated heel. He was last week. They're booing him out of the, out of the, the, the arena. So MJF goes through this list of how we should appreciate him. He's done a lot. Yada, yada, yada. Turns on him. Right. Okay. Now, how am I supposed to feel about William Regal? Am I supposed to cheer? Am I supposed to be sad? Am I supposed to be happy that MJF has got his comeuppance, right? He He's finally gotten William Regal back for the email that he sent him, you know, five or six years ago. Oh, he, he's finally got hit. But wait, I'm supposed to, to boo him, though, right? I'm not supposed to cheer that. Um, but, hey, how am I supposed to feel about William Regal? Because just a week ago, he just turned on his, his guy who's loyal to him and John Moxley. So I don't know how I should feel about him. And that's a problem. This is a problem I go with their storytelling, the storytelling the entire time. And none of it makes sense, right? We didn't hear why why Regal did what he did, right? We just he sent the email, but we don't know why he sent the email. We have no idea. And this looks like we're gonna get that answer. Maybe we're gonna get it soon. But when you're sitting back and you're you're digesting digesting this storyline, you can't think back, okay. On this Wednesday, this made sense. On this Wednesday, this part of the story moved it forward. No, it's all jumbled. It all it's all over the place now again. That there's a lot of moving parts. Um, as you said, Stokely said that um, the firm was created to feud with CM Punk, so that's changed, right? So obviously MJF was going to be an integral part of that storyline going forward. So they're kind of they're kind of doing some things. They kind of they're kind of writing on the fly. But whatever they're writing right now. It doesn't make sense. It's convoluted. It does. It's and honestly, it's not entertaining. If I am, if I have the books right now at AEW after that horrendous, and I agree with you, Matt, that was the worst promo he's ever cut because it just didn't make sense and didn't resonate. This was one of the first promos that MJF has had where it didn't resonate with me. It, it didn't. Yeah. I, it felt like it went on too long. I felt this is an MJF promo where I like, man. I felt it's kind of like me. I'm going on too long. Like this, like this thing. This, like it's just, it's just going too long, right? And I just wasn't entertained. This was the first time. If I had the, if I had the pin, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm scratch. I'm boiling up all my plans, and I'm gonna work to turn MJF face. He is gonna be like Ala Stone Cold. He's gonna be Ala Rock. He's going to be the bad guy that people love. And the only difference, instead of him targeting, you know, John Moxley, who they're booing out of the uh, out of the building because they want to share MJF, or Daniel Brian Danielson, which they're going to probably do the same thing. Now he's going against Ethan Page. He's going against the bad guys that people, you know, want to boo anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing next. So that was for me. I I totally agree with you, Matt. Um, it, it was a, a huge disconnect. I think the entire MJF story since he's come back has been a disconnect. I, I don't know what they're doing, but I think they need to get this together pretty soon. You know, in everything you talked about, uh, this is your first time listening to us. We are all major AEW fans, so this is not a hey, we're pro WWE, so everything AEW does is uh, backwards or you know no, not right, but. We are going to tell it how we feel. So when WWE misses, we're going to tell you. And AEW misses, we're going to tell you. I know a lot of the AEW fan base does not agree with any misses. They think everything is perfect. That was a miss last night. It really, really was. And my worry, and once again, this is all Monday morning quarterback. Because they can do something next week. And we've seen it. And it fixes it. My worry last night watching MJF in the ring was this could turn into... 
not really go away heat, but this could turn into we don't really care about you anymore the way we used to. And that is a really, really slippery slope for them to go into. We talked about for years, man, we wish John Cena turned heel. The older demographic wanted him to turn heel, but the kids were eating it up. Still number one merch seller, still was getting the biggest reactions every single night. Not to say MJF is not going to get those huge reactions, but Ishan, to your point, the majority of the AEW fans want to cheer MJF. Yeah, we'll go along with booing him because, hey, he's a bad guy. It's fun to boo him. Last night was different. Last night was not we're booing him because we're going along with the story. Last night was indifference. It was silence, and it was booing you because what you're saying, we don't want to hear. That's an issue. So we'll see how, the, how they move on from it. But a rocky, rocky start, in my opinion, to MJF's starting of his title reign. Once again, they can change it next week or going forward. He talked about he's not going to be wrestling often. We get that. Okay, fine. It was just so much in that promo that it was. I didn't like it. I, I didn't like it at all. So, and you know, another thing, Matt, about that is like you know a, a big disconnect. I think with a lot of the crowd was his. Um, oh yeah, I'm gonna get paid. Hopefully by the right kind. And I'm talking about Jolly Saint Nick on my boy trips. You know, like that was like man, that's what what misses these are. It's cringy. Like, like I said, the, the first couple of times he was doing it, it made sense for him because I'm not happy here. So I'm going to say I'm leaving to get what I want. You now have everything you want. And you're still saying that you're going to look at leaving in 2024. If somebody just turned to AEW last night for the first time because they heard about this MJF guy that all my friends keep telling me about, he's incredible, he's awesome on the microphone, let me hear what he has to say. And they hear that promo and they hear what he said about WWE in January of 2024, that fan who is not a AEW fan will look and say, why would I spend my time investing in him if he's talking about leaving already? That's a problem. That's an issue. It's not like Jan- he said January 2023 where we got two months of this and then the big reveal, whatever they end up doing storyline-wise. We got a, a year and two months before that is going to happen. So overall, like I said, I did not like that. I thought the show overall was really, really good. Man, but that was just a really, really bad segment. So now, Rhodesia, I know you said that, hey, you were not passionate about it whatsoever. Floor is yours before we kind of send it to our TFW moment of the week. Do you see what we're, what we're saying? Do you think we're overreacting? Kind of just give us your thoughts. I think you two are the prime example of what MJF said about the wrestling fans last night. Fickle AF. Actually, I couldn't say that with a straight face. Um, <laughs> wow. Are you you want some hill turns. That may have been the biggest one all, all day. There's no way like I'm as passionate as the two of you are in this in this whole topic here. But completely valid points. I just think it was a mess. Again, when you have somebody who has every time have gotten the microphone, has knocked it out of the park, grand slam every single time, and he comes up short. For whatever the reasons, if William Riga is leaving or if he's staying or if the whole thing was for the firm to go against CM Punk, there's so many different dynamics here. Um, both of you have very valid points. I'm going to end it here because you guys you got valid points there. I'm just saying that MJF is going to call you two the fickle AF fans that he was talking about. I guess we'll be fickle one and fickle two on this <laughs> very week. <laughs> All right, TFW moment of the week. Radiza, hit your jingle, even though you got a little cold going on in you. 
It's TFW moment of the week. Boom. All right. So um, if you guys don't know, it's your first time listening to TFW moment of the week is where we basically just pick the best thing we saw that week for us. It could be anything wrestling related. It could be a sign in the crowd. could be a promo package. could be a wrestling match. could be anything. Um, so this is how we end our show every single week. My TFW moment of the week kind of goes back to the beginning of our podcast. And it was uh, Sammy showing his allegiance to the bloodline from war games. We've already kind of talked about it. Thought that was the best thing I saw this week. You talk about storytelling at the highest form. That was what we got uh, Saturday at War Games. So that was mine's. Um, Rhodesia, let's go with you. What was your TFW moment of the week? All right. So I'm going to give it, and I'm sticking with WWE. I'm giving it to Bob from Raw. I called him Bobby, <laughs> but I think his name is Bob. Not because he wore a yellow X-Man hoodie. And don't get me started on how much I am a fan of the 1990s X-Man cartoon series, okay? Anywho's, I just think that ultimately he gets it because he is a smart fan. Uh, not just a smart fan, I should say. He's a cool fan. You know, you get these people who think they just so big and bad and macho and just so smart and da-da-da. But when she gave him the mic, and he might have been a plant for all I know. But when he gave him, when she gave him the mic, he was just cool. He didn't use profanity. He was just an awesome, cool fan. So my TFW moment of the week is Bob Bobby for wearing his X-Men hoodie and being just a cool fan. How about you, Ishan? Nice, Rhodesia. Uh, I'm going to stay with Matt, but I'm going to move to Raw with a continued Bloodline storyline. I love, because see, a lot of times when you watch like a pay-per-view in the past or the PLEs right now, sometimes some of the little intricacies at the end of those shows, they don't always carry over to Raw and SmackDown. Well, in this case, you know, Sammy... Again, with the emotion, talking to Jay, said, hey, man, I, you know, it meant the world that you embraced me uh, at the at the PLE at War Games. We did this together. And then uh, and then and then Jay's looking at him. Then all of a sudden, you know, it looks like he, he's going to pretend like he's going to try to, like, play him. But then he actually gives him that big hug. And then now Jay's hugging. Jimmy gets in there and they're hugging. They all three of them are hugging. They're finally together. And then all of a sudden they look over at Solo. And Solo, you know, he's standing off. He's trying to be, uh, you know, the, the tough guy. And they're like, yo, Solo, come on in and get this group hug. And, you know, and now you got the three of them together. Because if you guys have ever seen, you know, Jay and Jimmy outside of the WWE, like they have an awesome chemistry together. They're always joking, having fun. And see that on TV with the three of them with Sammy. And they're trying to go Solo into getting in on the group hug. Now to see the dynamic of all of them together. And just the amazing storyline that this is that that was carried on from War Games for me, that was freaking wrestling. I thought that was an amazing moment, guys. And there you go. Our three TFW moments of the week. Shout out to those. And hey, shout out to you guys for listening as well. As always, in these podcasts with uh, please subscribe so you get the new episode sent right to you. While you're there, be so kind and leave a five-star rating and leave some comments. Let us know what you thought about what we talked about. We talked about a lot. All right, so you can hit us up there or you can also hit us up on Twitter. Give us a follow at That's FNW. We are very active over there. And we also have YouTube. Subscribe there to see video clips from this and all the other episodes of That's Freaking Wrestling. So as always, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you next week.